Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. This morning, I just thought I would just share a few words and then we're going to uh, just go and celebrate. We're going to celebrate men and we've got a gift for all the men in the house uh, just a little bit later. But uh, I thought today we would just... Um, just run over a few things and, and there's one statement that we always say to our boys is, you know, are you a man or are you a boy? And even today, Carolina, in the room there, we were looking and doing a few things and we asked the question, well, what makes you a man? And Judah goes, well, because I'm a boy. No, 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 but what makes you a man? Because you look in society today and there are, there are a lot of men running around. Well, not really men. I call them uh, grown, really just adolescent boys. There, there are a lot of people running around calling themselves men, but actually don't have the characteristics of a man. They don't have the responsibility of a man. They haven't stepped up to the mark. And this is what I believe in, in my house right now. I've got two boys, but I'm not raising boys. I'm raising men. I'm raising men that are going to know how to treat women right. I know I'm raising men that are going to know how to take responsibility, own up and admit when they've done right or wrong. I'm raising men that will lead and this is what I love about our house is I look across and there are so many men in the house that have families and know how to lead their families. They know how to lead their wife. They know how to lead their kids. And as you start to see that take place, what I find is you look at their kids and their kids actually walk in confidence. Is that kids can walk in confidence. Their kids walk into a room as though they own it. I am amazed when I go downstairs. We have a hundred kids on a Sunday. I'm amazed when I walk in there and I just watch the kids walking in. And I look at Mark and Shay's kids and they walk in as though they own the place. Like even Beniah gets up here, he owns the stage. Like we have so many kids in this place that just walk in with this confidence. Why? Because their father and their mother instill life into them, instill responsibility, instill a character. You know what? That God has destined you for purpose. God has destined you to be in this place, not just to participate, but to actually make a difference. And that's what we're called to. As Christians, we are called to make a difference. You know, the first thing that I find is that wise men or wise people is that they're honorable. And I'm just going to give you four points this morning. Just a couple of things is the first thing is that they're honorable. Proverbs 10 verse 1, it says, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is grief of his mother, is the grief of his mother. This is what I find is that honorable men don't settle for lives of regret. I, I want to challenge you today. Have you settled for a life of regret? Or have you got back up and taken the charge? You know, I find in life some things don't go our way and so sometimes we retreat to the couch. And what you find is there are a lot of men right now, they retreat to the couch. And all of a sudden as they're retreating to the couch, what they're doing is they're living a life of regret. They've actually given up on life. They've given up on purpose. My challenge today is that if you've 
gone back and, and you're starting to sit on the couch, don't sit on the couch, step forward and move. The next generation can't afford for each and every one of us to sit on the couch. This generation needs men that will not live lives of regret, but actually take life by the horns and take it and move forward. In other words, be aggressive. Be aggressive. If there are obstacles in your way, find a way around them. Find a way around them. Move around. There is always another way. I love the saying. We sit, we sit in the office with Jared and we tell him a few sayings. He's like, I've never heard these sayings. But you know that saying, there's always more than one way to skin a cat. And we say these sayings and he just looks at us like, huh? I'm like, you've spent too much time in America, boy. But we need to step forward. A wise man thinks before he acts. He asks the question, how will this decision I'm about to make affect my now, my future, my family, my friends? Wise choices brings honour. It brings honour. They bring honour to those around them and to oneself. The choices we make bring honour to those around us. You know, honour in the Bible means esteem, value, great respect. You know, honour is the hallmark of respect. Honour opens the doors of blessing. It opens the doors of blessing. We need to learn how to honour. Men need to honour their wives. Wives need to honour their husbands. And if you start that in the, in the house, you will see a change in the generation that is following you. You will see a, gen, you will see a change in the generation that you're raising. Honour. Proverbs 15, verse 5, it says, A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. You know, honourable people feed on correction. They feed on correction, growing stronger and stronger by the day. A wise man learns from other people's mistakes. Why do you think I sit with guys like Pastor John Holman? Because I want to learn from his mistakes. I don't want to make the same mistakes. I have people in my life that I sit with and I find it an honour to sit with them because I can learn. I can glean from them. I can say, hey, how did you go through these situations? How did you raise your families? How did you find moving from town to town? How did you find those things? I, I get to sit and I get to learn. I get to learn from his, I get to, and I will say this, learn from my mistakes if you can. Learn from my wins. But sometimes all we're doing is we're trying to talk about, we're trying to grab the now moment, the Instagram moment without actually seeing how people got there. We need to learn to fail forward. Get off the couch. Don't live a life of regret. Humility goes before honour. We need an honourable generation. Honourable men and women that will stand and lead their families. The second thing is that we need to know that you've got to have good company. You've got to have good company. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise men will be wise, 
but a companion of fools will be destroyed. My favorite quote is this, is that if you, if you lie down with dogs, you wake up with fleas. Honestly, if you lie down with dogs, you'll wake up with fleas. It's so true. You, you, who you hang around, you become like. You know, good company points you in the right direction. It brings the best out of you. It champions you in the middle of adversity. Who are those right now? And you might be in adversity. Life mightn't be going the way that you thought it should go. But who are those right now that are championing you? Who are those right now that are saying, come on, we know that you can do it. Hey, we've got your back. We, we want to champion you in this situation. Get around people like that. Get around people that will push you off the couch, that will push you out the door, that will push you to the potential that lies dormant inside of you that God has put there. Hang around good company. Acts 4, 13. It's where a couple of the disciples were dragged into the courts and basically told, you know, hey, stop preaching about Jesus. But what I find in this scripture is that people saw the boldness of Peter and John. They perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, but they marveled and realized that these men had hung around Jesus. Good company. I'll say this, Jesus is good company. Can people tell that you've hung around Jesus? Can people look into your eyes and see Him staring right back at you? These men, they, they drag, hey, come on, and they realize, you know what, these men are uneducated. In other words, these men don't really know anything about the law. They shouldn't know anything about the Bible, about the command, but, but somehow they know. And they realize, you know, these guys, they hung with Jesus. Who you hang around is who you become like. The disciples, they were uneducated scholars of religion. Peter, however, was a business owner. Pete's prawns. Business owner. He ran a business. He had a boat. Matthew was a tax collector. He knew how to count beans. Luke was a doctor. They were educated people. You know, they weren't poor, they weren't homeless, and they weren't delinquents. But they hung around Jesus. Sometimes we get this impression that the disciples were dysfunctional, that they were poor and homeless. I'll say this, they were not. They were educated, they were well-versed, in the area or the career that they were pursuing. And Jesus said, hey, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. These men hung around Jesus and became fishers of men, came well-versed in scripture, in law. They became scholars. Hanging around Jesus for three years, they'd become well-versed in scripture and in the ways of God. Wise men or wise people choose their friends wisely. He asks the question, who do I want to become? Who has my best interest at heart? And do they draw 
the best? Or do they draw me closer to Jesus? Right now in your life, who do you hang out with? Who do you hang out with? You know, if you're a married couple, hang out with married couples. Don't hang out with singles because eventually you'll be single again. See it all the time. You see it all the time. Hang out with those that can empower you, that can lead you. That can, it's a beneficial way that can push you into the future that you have. The third one is commitment. Proverbs 13, verse 3. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Hmm. There is always a way if you're committed. There is always a way if you're committed. You know, the wise men spent two years following the star. Who knows that's commitment? For most of us right now, we, we can't even spend two minutes in the lines waiting for Maccas. I don't know why you would, but some people, you know, like it's like, if it's not here, if we can't get through the checkout in five minutes, you know, it's like it's over. I'm walking out. I'll leave my trolley there. I've had enough. I could have spent an hour walking around with a trolley, but if I've got to wait in that line 20 minutes, I'm out the door. Who's like that? But here we have the wise men. They were committed. They were following a star. They were committed to the cause. Put it this way. Who loves bacon and eggs? Who loves bacon and eggs? Where are we? Have we got that? Oh, Today on our special, after the service, we have bacon and egg rolls. We've already got a... But have you ever thought about a bacon and egg roll? Like, honestly, who is the more committed animal? Is it the chook? Or is it the pig? Honestly, who's got the most commitment right here? that bring us this delicious uh, egg and bacon roll. And do you ever sit down and do you think, you know what, uh, you know, I, uh, I want to spare the pig's life? Has anyone ever thought of that? No. Some people these days do, yes, but, but I don't. Because I'm like, that is the best part because he's committed. You know, if it comes out without an egg, I'm okay. But you look at those things, there's a difference in commitment. And how much are you committed to the ways of God? How much are you committed? You know, wise men are committed. Wise people are committed. They ask the question is, what do I need to understand and what do I need to commit to? What do I need to commit to? Are you someone that just walks around and just drops a little bit of commitment there? Drops a little commitment there. Are you all in? Like, honestly, the pig's like, yep, I'm all in. I don't know if he has a choice, but he's all in. And then sometimes with God, it's like that. God's like, hey, listen, I want you to do this. And you're like, God, really? And it's like, no, you don't have a choice. You're all in. And if we obey God, we're like, we are all in. This thing called Christianity, I'm all in. I'm laying down my life. I'm taking up my cross. 
I'm all in. But, but there are other Christians who are like, you know what? I'm just laying an egg on Sunday. And then during the week, I'm as free as a bird. A flightless bird, but anyway. But, you know, it's like those things. But the egg, that's how it works. Dad jokes today. Where are my daughters? Dad, he'll get home and Myra will go, Dad, that was really bad, that one. Anyway. You know, the disciples, you know, would not fully understand Jesus when he called them. When he called them, he, they didn't fully understand. You know, they didn't understand what the commitment would have, uh, you know, that he was asking of them. If you read through the scripture, if you read through and look at some, you know, other readings through life and you find out what the commitment was, is that these guys became martyrs. You know, Jesus gave his all, but the disciples also gave their all. They gave their all for Christ. They gave their all for the gospel. You and I are called to give our all. And it's going to be different for some of us. It's going to be different for each and every one of us. You know, there was only one disciple that didn't get martyred. John, the beloved, the one who wrote in the scriptures, I put my head on Jesus's bosom. Honestly. But for him, he got exiled after he got dipped and dipped in boiling oil and survived. He gave his all. These ones weren't willing to shy away. They were committed. You know, we need a generation that is committed to the ways and principles of God. We need men and women that are raising the next generation that are committed to the ways of God that are committed to the principles of God, that are committed to the house, that are committed to the church. And when I talk about the church, I'm, not, I'm talking about the broader church as well. We are followers of Christ. Followers of Christ that we would lay our life down for Him. Jesus gave His all for you and I. His all. He's all so that we could walk in wholeness, freedom. He gave himself on a cross as a payment for our sin. It was supposed to be for you and I, but instead, he paid the price. He gave it all. Gave it all. Commitment. Are you committed? Commitment. You know, we need to be honorable. We need to have good company. We need to be committed. And the last thing is we need to be seekers. We need to be seekers of truth and seekers of God. We need to seek His presence. When we come to church on Sunday, it's not just a routine that we have, but it's a place where we get to seek our God. It's a place where we get to just come and say, God, you be God and come and minister to me. Well, God, in, in this place, if you need to speak to me right now, there's an atmosphere. God, speak to me. Because right now, I want to seek your truth. I, I want to seek your presence. I want to seek your understanding. I want to seek your wisdom for my life. Because God, you know, 
I, I can seek you during the week, but God, I want you to speak to me right now. To, uh, and this is what I find with church. It's a time where we just pull away. It's dedicated. It's a corporate dedication where corporately we seek God, but individually he shows up to each and every one of us. But not just the seeking him on the Sunday, but every day of the week, do you seek him? Do you look for him in every situation? Do you hear his voice in every situation? Carolina plays a game with our kids. Dan mentioned it last Sunday night. It's a game where when we send them into the world, school, even Sunday mornings, we play a game as where's Wally? In other words, where's Jesus in the situation? So when they go into the schoolyard or go into kids' church or wherever they go, the question is, is who needs Jesus that day? Can you see Jesus in a situation? In other words, what they're doing is they're looking to be the answer. Is that they're seeking what God would have them do that day. Is that we need to seek God for our own lives, but then also too, we need to seek God for others. And as parents, that's what we're doing. We're seeking God for those around us. I want to say this, as grandparents, that's what you should be doing as well for your grandkids. You're seeking God. As they see you seeking God, they will start to learn and develop the hunger for seeking God themselves. Again, what walks in the parents, runs in the kids. Runs in the kids. Runs in the kids. And if you look at your family right now, and some of them, some of us have got teenagers here, and we're like, God, why aren't they on fire for God? Why aren't they in the house? Why aren't they wanting to do these things? Well, my question would be, well, what are you portraying to them? Is your faith that private that they've never seen you seek God? Do they see you open the Bible? Do they see you with worship on in the house? Do they hear you praising? Do they hear you worshiping? Do they hear you seeking the presence of God? Do you sit with them and seek God with them? They're just some practical things. We are called to be seekers of truth. We are called to be seekers of God. A wise person asks the question, do I seek Him and do I seek His ways? This morning, church, I want to put a challenge. Will we be honourable? Will we hold good company? Will we commit ourselves to the things of God, the principles of God, the ways of God. And will we seek Him? Will we seek Him? Because the next generation wants to know, is this thing called Christianity real? And if it is real, it won't just happen on a Sunday. It'll happen every day. It'll happen every day. And they'll experience His presence 
every day. They'll be intertwined with His presence every day. Church today, will we stand for this next generation? Will we declare and will we see God come through? Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.